Welcome to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. Each week we talk about heart rate variability and how it can be used to improve your overall health and wellness. Please consider the information in this podcast for your informational use and not medical advice. Please see your medical provider to apply any of the strategies outlined in this episode. Heart Rate Variability Podcast is a production of Optimal LLC and Optimal HRV. Check us out at OptimalHRV.com. Please enjoy the show. Welcome, friends, to the Heart Rate Variability Podcast. I'm Matt. I'm here with my good friend, Dr. Doe Daduro. I I think I got that right. Uh, Correct. I I love that last name. And uh, Dr. Joe and I have been, uh, I think, talking for well over a year now. Uh, nerd out about heart rate variability. Uh, he's just come out with My Brain Matters, uh, a book that for the HRV nerds out there are, is pretty much a must read, in my opinion. Uh, really great uh, positioning of heart rate variability, ties it into a lot of great things. And uh, Dr. Joe, one of the things I really appreciate about your book is uh, pretty much every point that you make using heart rate variability is really referenced incredibly strongly. Uh, you know, and so really great scientific while in a digestible, usable form. So I enjoyed, I enjoyed reading it and I'm excited to dive into your expertise, talking about the book with you. But before we do that, uh, uh, give yourself a quick introduction uh, to our listeners. Well, uh, this is a, thanks Matt for having me on there. And I'll say hello, all HRV friends. Maybe we can be, you know, friends too. I think after this, you're going to understand my perspective and that's kind of what I wrote the book for is because I have a perspective that I think is important to share. I'm uh, 40 years in clinical practice. Now we're doing everything online, um, remote patient monitoring or remote client monitoring. And HRV is our main outcome measure. So it doesn't matter. Like the name of the book, if I pull it up, is, is, is My Brain Matters, how to have more brain power for you or your loved ones. And that's kind of the the thing is like uh, the brain is really connected to the heart. And we kind of make that story of, you know, the neurometabolic solution, how to have more brain power for your loved ones and yourself. They made me change that a little bit with my my grammar. So uh, I'm a chiropractic neurologist. Uh, I have a master's degree in clinical research. And the clinical researcher is the type of person that says, like, like if you read a study and they say, uh, you know, eating grapefruit is good for uh, reducing cold symptoms, you would say, well, you know, who says? Yeah. And and it's, it's me. I say that because I'm the clinical researcher. That's that's what we do. Yeah. So we, I always grab data and my clients, and then I had to figure out what to do with it. And we kind of go through that story in the book of how I made that little path to become, you know, from clinician to researcher and then back to clinician and then back to researcher. It's sort of like a ping pong thing on that. But yes, we use HRV as our outcome measure, one of our big outcome measures. So yes, we do cover it extensively in the book as a thousand references, uh, but it's pretty readable, wouldn't you say? Man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, definitely. Uh, the practicality is just everything. It seems like uh, on average, at least five references uh, for every piece of research. That that would be my guess. Uh, I, I, I did track it all the way through, but it was no. really, really backed up, uh, you know, in, in a very impressive way. So, 
you have to make it. It was really my co-author and editor, Elizabeth Goodress, who took the did a lot of the heavy lifting. You know, I, I tend to talk in a circle and, you know, it's a conceptual thing. And I think you're going to see a little bit about that as I speak on a little bit new research that I'm putting together right now. But it's a it's a circle. So the circles sort of intermingle. And that, that's if you, you know, get on the outside, you can see what I'm talking about. But you have to make it so that someone else can actually understand it. So let's, see if I... <laughs> so so let's get into uh, pro-neuro. Uh, that this mm -hmm. is, uh, I, I don't know if system, definitely an acronym, but really mm -hmm. informed, seemed to in many ways be the central theme of the book. And I thought for the podcast to go through kind of these concepts and how they relate to heart rate variability would be a, a good way to give readers a, a good snapshot of what they could expect uh, with the book. So I, I would love to start out here, which I, I've been working on this word, photobiomodulation. I love that. Right. I, for some reason, it just brings a smile to my face every time I uh, say yeah. that. Uh, so Me what too. is photobiomodulation, Dr. So, Joe? <laughs> so the, 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 the good part of that is photo is light. Bio is cell or living cell. Right? Modulation is change. So it's the science of light changing a cell. Okay. So it's 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 kind of general but really it's quite specific and the, the the point that we make is that as you talked about in the pro neuro program that's an acronym for how we be proactive in our nerve health so, so pro neuro we're not really anti anything we're pro everything specifically pro nerves and that, that's kind of what we say, how to have more brain power. And you ask yourself, well, how many people raise their hand and say, no, I don't need, I don't need more brain power. You know? Right. That you need it. So, and, and so when we look at the pro neural program, that's sort of what we outline as the recipe, because the book is sort of a how to get more brain power. So we use P is photobiomodulation. R is repair, regrow and regain. And that's sort of, how we need to do this. If we if we want to increase the function of our brain, we need to increase the structure and the tissues and the neurons and the blood vessels and everything like that, right? Mm -hmm. O would be optimization. That would be supplements and, and antioxidants and all that stuff. N would be nutrition and the detox is part of that, right? And E would be exercise and proper movements and getting enough activity. You would be unwind and unstress, which is very important for our heart rate variability biofeedback, mm -hmm. extremely important. Restore means getting our restful sleep so we can recover and re-energize. And O is a oneness or a spiritual social connectivity that people really need. And that we can do that in our communities and by sharing our experiences with others. So you got the full rundown of the pro-neural program. So, so, so I'd love, to, I'd love to hear about how you work this program, um, work with uh, patients, clients. But let's start out. I think the one that was was 
not new to me, but I know it's such a focus of the work is photobiomodulation. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just being say, P- Mark, Mark, you could just say PBM. PBM. That's easy, right? Like PBJ. Yeah. I kind of like saying it though, Dr. Joe. I, I kind of <laughs> okay. like photobiomodulation. Like, don't take that away from me, my friend. Let all me right, have it. Right. You got it. <laughs> So, so what, what is it? Why, why is it important? Well, why is, I mean, all these other things, I, I could probably justify why they would be in a model uh, for health and wellness and neurosystem, you know, the, the polyvagal, all that. But mm-hmm. this one, I think is probably going to be new to uh, some of our listeners. So I'd love mm. for you to get in a little bit uh, to the science here in your work with photo biomodulation. Well, <laughs> One thing is we have to make as a maybe as a disclaimer, disclosure or something like that, that I actually uh, am the president and CEO of Pro Neuro Light, which is a, you know, wellness device manufacturing uh, organization where we make these devices and various devices. It's a suite of devices that we, you know, sell to people to get more brain power. And it's sort of like... Uh, you know, you get the stuff and then you're your clinician and a clinical researcher, you put it on and you say, what does this do? Mm-hmm. You know, and how can we measure it? That's the big deal yeah. is how can we get data from it? So the connection is uh, photobiomodulation changes cells, changes then systems, the organ systems, and and in, so how do you measure that as you go along? How can you do that at a distance? How can you do that, uh, you know, for people and show them that things are getting better, right? Mm-hmm. Because think about it. Let's say, you know, we used to ask our clients, how are you sleeping? Great. Well, well, how do you know? Uh, how does anybody know, <laughs> right? Yeah. How's your wife sleeping? She has dementia. How's your wife sleeping? She sleeps good. How do you know? Uh, she doesn't get up at night. But where does she sleep? She sleeps in the other room. So that doesn't really help us. So we needed to have some data to bring this stuff in. So I'm just pointing this out. And what we realized is that uh, heart rate variability scores or your measure or your uh, parasympathetic tone, if you will, is a good outcome measure uh, because we can see it change. We can see it change instantaneously when we use the devices, you know, more specifically, you know, our style of devices are set up for that, for that thing, to make a change in your heart rate variability. And so you, that's sort of the, the just, of, you know, how we kind of put these things together is it does a lot of different things. And, but what can you measure? You know, uh, yeah. it can do, uh, just as, a, as an example, I wanted to, 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 to get this while it's fresh. There was a recent study that came out on transcranial photobiomodulation. That's putting the light in your head and it goes through your skull and into the tissues and down to the cortex and blood vessels. They, they did it, you know, like a session and they found that it increased create divergent creative thinking in the clients. Hmm. So you think, of, wait a minute, I'm a healthy person. I don't have any uh, problems really, right? so to speak. Yeah. Yet, if I put the light on, I can have more creativity. 
right? And they've also shown that if you put the light on the head, transcranial photobiomodulation, it, in, it's connect, it, it increases your cognition and your memory and your ability to make decisions and tasking and, you know, your, all this stuff. So if you put the light on the head, it changes your cognition and your brain and healthy people. And there's a whole list of all the stuff it does for sick people, which yeah. we're going to touch on. But the thing about this is when you look at HRV and cognition, as your HRV goes down, your cognition goes down. Yeah. And your cognitive reserve goes down. And again, there's not a ton of research on this because that's not a drug. HRV is not sold by, you know, a machine is not sold by a, a huge, you know, $10 million MRI company. Mm -hmm. It's sold by regular people who are investigating non-invasive, you know, therapeutics and non-invasive diagnostics. So, and then do you think it's just because, you know, I've been seeing the, the, especially like infrared and red light therapy, mm -hmm. probably for last, I mean, I bought a fairly expensive red light therapy system. It's since broke, but you know, <laughs> you know, which was a, like 300 bucks is a lot of money for Matt to spend. So right. I, I bought it. Like mm -hmm. I, I had sold, it sold me up to paying $300 for something to look like a big thick pin that shot out a very strong red light. So I've, I've been, I've been fascinated with this and a little puzzled of why it hasn't kind of taken off in, in a way that since I've been seeing the research, because I would argue it doesn't work because I've seen a lot of stuff, but it, it just still seems to be lagging in the background of the wellness healthcare space. And I'm I'm wondering if you're seeing it, somebody who focuses more on it, and, and admittedly I don't, are you seeing more mainstream uses for this? Are you seeing more coming to medical providers? Because the research seems to be out there, but the adaptation doesn't really seem to be there is that a cost thing do you think I, i'd love to get your opinion on kind of the market as somebody that's in there um that's a lot to unpack there but let's start off with the what kind of the first thing matt would be you know photobiomodulation you have to kind of you have to change a cell right mm. so you have to be able to measure it so we have a if you're talking about a red light panel or some kind of little dealio right, that shines light on you, you know, it's most more, more likely than not, according to physics, those things at a distance from your body, a panel, is not going to have a therapeutic effect because the farther away the light is from the skin, right, the less power penetration and juice it has. And really, uh, red light by itself is not it does something you know and 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 you know i make the example like uh, the, the headlights of your car are really not photobiomodulation the head the, the the street light is really not photobiomodulation the lights in your house are not photobiomodulation but the led lights have a negative impact on your circadian rhythm mm -hmm. so Perhaps the benefits from these external panels and they have a huge, you know, marketing push for these things that you make a lot of money on is because you're reducing the garbage light that's making you sick. So allows your body to become 
naturally more in tune with the circadian mm -hmm. thing because photobiomodulation is circadian medicine and we use it as such. So we use ours, you know, at night and in the morning and, you know, maybe during the day, depending on the client, what they need. But that's the sort of the scenario is light is circadian medicine and it really messes us up. So I'm pointing out that the physiologic changes of the light, red light hitting from a distance, hitting your arm, and then they talk about, you know, changing your microbiome and the indirect effect on melatonin, you know, these researchers, it's really, I don't think it's really true because mm. it doesn't really get into you. And our devices use two, three, and four different wavelengths of light in contact with the skin, which is sort of like exponentially better. So if yeah. a panel is going to get you better, well, uh, one of the proneural light devices that you could put on your skin and wear comfortably and, and do it and lay down is important too. So, so most, so, and, wait a second, wait a second. One thing that they, that they show is that sometimes the lights and the way that they put them in, it increases anxiety and decreases sleep, which is exact opposite of what our devices do. So you've got to really pay attention to what they're doing and what they're talking about. And then, kind of put it together with some common sense this is like just it's it's a it's a kind of it's important because you know i coach a lot of people from all over the world and they may have a lot of devices around but they're not getting the results so not yeah. it, it doesn't go the right way so it's it's i hope i picked out one part of that that says you know even if you have a big marketing mouth doesn't mean you're going to have the same kind of outcomes that if you do something quite specific and kind of goes along with what, what the what science says. Yeah. Okay, so is it getting more mainstream? Yeah, I suppose, but you know, it's, does it, you know, I don't know. I mean, it helps with it, but look, we could come out with a research project that shows, you know, light photobiomodulation reduces brain fog in everybody, no matter how you do it. Right putting it against your head or against your body helps you people get recover from brain fog. And people are quite amazed at like how quickly these things can change. I mean, my original brain research paper on photobiomodulation was a rapid reversal of cognitive decline where mm -hmm. we took somebody from dementia to normal in 28 days. Wow. Right. So yeah, I don't know how much more, <laughs> you know, how much more flash you need, right? This that was in 2018 or so. Yeah, that I published that paper, and it comes. I mean, there's research. My TikTok is full of me doing, you know, research things, and you know, it's like, I don't know. I I don't know why people aren't getting excited to to do it. You know. So why, so why let, not? Me, let me let me ask with what what is it about the especially if we, if we can bring this a little bit back to the hrv because I'm, I'm fascinated with why what's going on because what why does red light why is that more powerful than me going out and in the colorado sun today and sitting out there for five ten minutes with the you know is if you're if you're watching this on youtube you know i have this luscious head of hair which isn't going to block any kind of sun from hitting me, but well, what, what's going on there that just going outside or, or how's this red light transition into improved heart rate 
variability. You're not putting it on your heart, which I, I we both know that, and everybody listening, that heart rate variability is taking in a lot more information than just your heart. But still, like, what what is going on there? I, I, stick, I stick the device on my head. I'm getting infrared light, different into my brain and my heart rate variability improves. Can you fill in some of those those blanks for us of, of what the heck is going on uh, between putting that on and improved heart rate variability? So you going out in the midday sun is like uh, five, the professor uh, and director uh, uh, Michael Hamlin did the explanation of that to show how much juice you get. If you go out in the midday sun, you stand out, you get like 5 million joules or something. The heart rate variability, again, is the B2B difference in your heart. But that is controlled not only by the nerves of the heart, but also the nerves of the brain. Yep. So the, the sub-theme of this book is the, the, the heart-brain connection. Everybody talks about the gut-brain connection, and not too many people are referring to this scenario that, you know, if we can look at the heart rate variability and vagus nerve function, we're actually examining 90% of the nerves of the body. Yeah. So it, it does reflect anything that reflects anything is reflected in heart rate variability. So, it, you know, what we found is if we put the light up the nose, we have a device that shines light up the nose, that you're actually going to hit the medial prefrontal cortex. And funny enough, the medial prefrontal cortex is the one of the primary areas that sends the information down to your brainstem and then runs the rest of your, I think it's the solitarius and nucleus tractus solitarius, NTS, that, that then sends the signals down to your heart. So that's a, that's an intriguing you know, yeah. aspect is that if we're actually touching the brain tissue and that can be, have a, 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 a in, the light can impact those neurons, again, photobiomodulation, then those will have a downstream effect on heart rate and gut changes and, and all that stuff that we really kind of know that that's what the nervous system does is it runs the body mm -hmm. and, and your autonomic nervous system is that auto, it's kind of automatic. So you really have to think about it. So that's one way. But basically, if you dig in a little bit deeper and what are the heart rate variability changes, what you see whether like some of our devices go around the head, some of ours go up the nose, some of us go around the neck, some of them go on the body, like you can put it on the chest, right? Right there. And what that does is we see that being having a surge in parasympathetic activity. Hmm. And it's it's very calming. It's very calm. That's why you know people just feel better when they do that sort of thing. And they feel better when they go in the sun and right? they, they kind of chill yeah. out, but relax in nature, what have you. So that they've done that too with you know nature bathing changes your HRV. Yeah. Right. It's looking at pictures the, the 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 Japanese art of those calligraphy mm -hmm. nature pictures. They were to calm you down. So it has that same effect. Did I lose you? No. No. So, uh, one of the things that we find is that there, when you put photobiomodulation on, is that there's a vasodilatory effect. So these, this vasodilation can only happen in a parasympathetic state. Sympathetic, sympathetic closes down your, 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 your things. And if you are in a hyped up state, you have, in a sense, you can have global hypertension. 
which mm. will reduce the perfusion into your brain, which over time will make some cells become hypoxic and they won't turn on as much. And if those happen to be in the parts that run your HRV, it's a pretty bad loop, wouldn't you yeah. say? Yeah. And that's kind of what we find is that structure is equals function. So if you kind of lose the oxygen and you do that over time and you stress out these cells, they're going to shut down and then they shut down and you lose more control. And it's just a, a downward cycle. So, you know, the, the, the small, the, the, the one answer is the vasodilation. One answer is that it, it, it creates this maybe electromagnetic change in the way these things work. Another one is that the, the good, the big thing that people talk about is more energy, right? So mitochondrial exponential function and growth and they get bigger and they hypertrophy and they just produce more juice. And that's really a good thing, right? For all tissues. So we don't know really how that fits into the HRV quotient, but you're gonna have more energy to do more things. And that's sort of what is getting your brain. You can do what you want with it. So, so do you, you see this there. like with the mitochondrial piece of things as being such, I mean, the powerhouse for our uh, cells. Well, what do you think is like, I mean, this almost seems like a hack versus a, hey, this is an evolutionary piece because you would think just being out in the sun would trigger it otherwise. So, so do you think the photobiomodulation is just science being really good at discovering something that is i i don't know and i i don't use the word hack as not a powerful i mean i i do tons of hacks every day so it's not in any way saying that it's less than scientific but but i'm trying to figure about like why why this red light difference then you know why would that in our biology improve mitochondrial functioning i i think your your example of heart rate variabilities you know kind of looks at that but i do you have any that or is it just like a, this great hack that we've discovered that really improves mitochondrial functioning and nerve functioning, you know, and it, feel free to replace hack with a more professional sounding. No, hack. no, I don't think there's anything <laughs> wrong with it. It's like hack the stack is really what yeah. you want to do. And the pro neural program is stacking things on top of each other yeah. until you get the result that you want, which is the physiologic changes. So I have, I have no problem saying it's a hack because yeah. it, it that's what you want to do. You want to up right. the good stuff. And and that's what we do is, you know, in the book, those are the recipes, you know, like who would have thought a cold shower would, you know, yeah. go to change his heart rate variability. Yep. So, so remember, that's not called photobiomodulation, red light therapy, because it takes away from really what it, what its power is, right? So every type of wavelength of light has a certain effect, right? So microwave is a wavelength of, it's not visible light, but it's a wavelength and has an effect. And an X-ray is a, is, a, is a wavelength and it has an effect. So when we use in the proneural light system, we use Far infrared, near infrared, red, blue, green, all out of different lights. Mm. So they all have a different receptor, and they are, and that receptor is going to change the the way the the cell kind of functions. 
And oh. then it actually changes the genetic expression afterwards, after it it has these effects. So it's 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 kind of complicated. It's like playing chess on five levels, you know. So you can move up and down and left and right, and, and so it does get a little complicated. So let's that you know just put it in to red light. And on the, on the other side, that's a singular light. We're talking about multiple wavelengths. But when you're talking about outside light, remember, you know, we live in little square boxes, little clothes. And we stay in a room, right? We, you say stare at screens and there's a lot of artificial artificial stuff so you know we were born with bare back right right and 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 we were supposed to be accepting light we just don't do it that much anymore so do uh aboriginal cultures have better microbiomes and and less dementia and diet and everything like that? of course right so i'm not saying so but on one side a light shower of all the light that you can have doesn't really have the same therapeutic effects as putting a light right on your skin so that it can hit a, go to a certain part of the body to hit a certain receptor to have a certain effect right Interesting. So that's kind of the science of it so yes there is a a natural quotient of it and i think that that you know a paleolithic man had a lot of hacks that he had to use to to survive and i think we can pull those back and use them for ourselves in a scientific way excellent so talk about the the stacking because I, I love that with uh because it's not just photobiomodulation right. you have that as a part of an overall system so right. i don't know if you want to go through them one by one or just kind of walk folks uh, the book does a great job of this. So you're you're adding photobiomodulation to a, I would say, holistic wellness regime. Like you're bringing in best practices, stacking those. So I would let like, what what would you like as as we approach this model? I think we got a good idea of photobiomodulation. How do you talk about the rest of this? Because I imagine in the book, it seems like they're on par with this. Uh, you know, obviously your expertise lies in the photobiomodulation and all this other stuff. So uh, how do you bring that into your thinking about overall health and wellness? When we, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a functional medicine approach. And really how we started to do this was in the, the, the talk that I'm working on right now is, is on peripheral neuropathy. So back in the old days, and I say that because it was like 2007, and we talk a little bit about this in the book, that, you know, my mother was diagnosed with peripheral neuropathy. Actually, I have diagnosed her because she couldn't walk. <laughs> and it was statin-induced neuropathy, and she was a diabetic and everything like that. But we used red and infrared light to bring sensation back, reduce the pain, you know, they start to sweat and, and they could have better balance and strength. And it was like unbelievable. You know, peripheral neuropathy is one of the worst things that can happen to you. Yeah. But it is a chronic, progressive neurodegenerative disease. So it, I didn't really I, I know a lot about nerves, you know, and I, but I didn't know a, a whole lot about neuropathy. 
And I had to kind of learn it on how to build these nerves back up because yeah. uh, it was it wasn't light worked, and then we gave them fish oils, and then we gave them uh, L-carnitine, whatever we could find that would help the nerves function. We just would stack them on there, and you know, we basically were building this plane in the air because uh, working in Arizona and all the snowbirds would come down. We call them and. They would show up and I would, they would like, my feet don't work. And I'm like, okay, let's do this. And I'm like, let's do that. And let's do the next thing. Vibration and vitamins. So we did whatever it took, whatever the research said would work. And we had like a 92% satisfaction rate in the first like couple of weeks of the care. Wow. So we knew we were on to something. And then, uh, so it really, a functional medicine approach. And there's a lot of people out there who are going to offer you you know, check this vitamin and do this thing. But the overlying, you know, layer of stuff that you can spread these things out nicely is the photobiomodulation. Just accelerates the processes of what you're doing. So we kind of developed a neural rehabilitative program based on regrowing nerves in the feet. Hmm. And I step back and I say, well, you know, I would go to these conferences all over the world, basically, and go to the speakers and, you know, they say make a great presentation. I go up and talk to them because I'm the guy in the back that raises his hand all the time, basically. I'm that guy. And, you know, the point is it's all one nervous system, right? It's, 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 the nerve in your toe is in your, goes all the way to your head, right? So if you pull this thing out, I would say, you know, numb foot, numb brain. Mm. And the reality of it is, most of these people were having cognitive impairment. Yeah. Right. And so it wasn't really until almost 2017, right, that we were able to have enough evidence to say, putting light on the brain directly can have a good effect. Putting it on the body has a good effect on the brain and the body also. But yeah. putting it right on the brain had a better effect or a different effect. Okay. So it's just that. You know, I don't care really what you want to do. You want to do neurofeedback. You want to do hyperbaric chamber. You want to do all these things. If you put the light on, it makes everything go a little bit easier. And it makes the clients able to follow directions and everything like that. Interesting. So, so because their cognition, we've talked about it. Cognition is going to improve. Things are going to get better. But I, I want to point out a little known fact of science that that your listeners or our listeners really might find important because we always talk about what can we put in like you're talking about what vitamins can we use or how do we do this and how we do that to make our brains work better and i want to make a very important statement you cannot green juice your way to a better brain okay because you cannot stimulate a toxic brain you cannot accelerate a brain that is a, that is stagnant. And what we're finding now, and HRV is another very important factor in this, is that neurotoxicity, neuroinflammation, you know, gut dysbi dysbiosis, all just chronic inflammation is very bad for the brain. Yeah. And why it's bad for the brain is because it increases the toxic load that the brain can't clear out. Mm -hmm. So the main thing that we really, that we're focusing on these days is demonstrate 
that photobiomodulation and even, you know, we viewed it on the head, on the neck, on the body, up the nose, is very important for the brain's detox situation or the glymphatic system. Now, the glymphatic system was only really discovered like 2011. Yeah. 2012. And I did, you know, here I'm writing research on it and I'm thinking it's this is a new thing. And there's guys giving YouTube videos. Everybody's talking about it now. But what they don't kind of follow along is that that vasodilation that photobiomodulation does, it also it vasodilates the meningeal lymphatic vessels, right? And those are the ones that take the toxins out of the brain, right? Mm. And they drop them down into the neck and it comes out through the nose and, yeah. and through the vessels and out to the body. So it's, this is another twofold factor right? Because you need to have a good heart rate variability bandwidth, right? We don't just want, you know, a high, you know, higher is better than lower, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but you want to have both. You want to be able to go high parasympathetic and high sympathetic when you need it. And so these sleep stages, the, the glymphatic system works when you're in your deep sleep stage. So we found that using the photobiomodulation with our clients, we have a 100% increase in uh, heart rate variability scores and numbers and readiness and everything like that. And we have an increase in our deep sleep percentages by uh, like 67%. So you that's were, when these you things turn out. When you say a hundred percent increase in heart rate variability scores, is that a double? What, what? 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 So if I'm a thirty RMSSD, sixty mm -hmm. RMSSD, you were seeing mm -hmm. that that those bigger jumps. Yep, yep. I think that's really consistent. We whatever it is, I can I can essentially double your your score if if you fit into these parameters. And if you're sick, if you're sick. You're not gonna have a you know a sixty to start with <laughs> yeah. score right yeah. so that's the easy part right if you have systemic inflammation your HRV is gonna be reflected in it right right if you have neural inflammation your HRV is gonna be affected by it so these are the parameters that we use and that's the funny thing is we didn't really design the pads to make you sleep more what we find is that as your system kind of kicks in right and that the, the the healing power of the light is utilized by your body then just everything starts to work better hmm. and, and you just have to get out of the way don't do the wrong thing right standing we balance the circadian clock we use the light therapy for that we didn't you know get the lights down and that's the first thing we make sure that they're do not doing the wrong stuff so that they can get their sleep back to where it belongs and we make them pay attention and away we go so awesome. yeah it's 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 really facilitates you know on the outside you know you can look at it and say if you just had to use one parameter yeah it would probably be heart rate variability how am i doing you're doing better you're doing better you know you're not you're we're not comparing it to me we're comparing it to you two weeks ago two months ago and 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 if you think about it matt it's a lot like Photobiomodulation is a lot like exercise without exercising. Hmm. Uh, because it's the hormetic effect, hormesis, right? So in the book, we say 
as BJ Palmer, the founder of the, 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 the educator developer of chiropractic said, you know, the, 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 in, in the farmer's hand, the hoe gets smooth and the hand gets callous. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of how it works. You know, right. exercise is going to lower your HRV, but if you do it for two or three weeks, there your HRV goes up. That's that bandwidth we're talking about. Yeah. And it's kind of the same thing, the same thing. So we're having these positive effects on the brain, just like exercise. And that has a cardiovascular benefit. Isn't that weird? Right. Yeah. This heart brain connection is right in front of us, but we don't really pay attention to it. You know? Fascinating. Well, one of the things I love is as as we kind of uh, begin, we got we got a little bit of time left, but but as we begin to wrap up, I want to give enough time to to tackle this. Is like I said, I, I was really impressed all the way through, um, and I think this, for be honestly, was needed because even though I've gotten to know you, respect your work, you know, and I got the book as well about the same time, you know, just looking at the the reference section, like I said, everything really well positioned with research and then which i i loved but yet it might not be as intuitive to some folks uh is the oneness piece the the spirituality piece um in this book packed with really wellness practice mm-hmm. mo- most of which i was somewhat familiar with uh you, you gave me way, different ways to think about uh, things which I always love when I pick up a book that does that, especially when it gives me five or six references to say, okay, here's further reading on it. Spirituality. Uh, what? Wh- how does this inform your thinking? How's this inform your your work with folks? Um, you don't have to convince me, but I think for a lot of folks, it might not fit as well. We're talking HRV. We're talking science. We're talking, you know, uh, mitochondrial DNA uh systems of the body and then a oneness uh there to 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 wrap it up at the end i'd love to just to give you some time to talk about how that how that made it into the model and how that sort of informs your thinking as mixed in with all all this scientific talk that we've been doing for about 45 minutes now well i think you took as as usual matt you're a good interviewer and you picked a, an interesting topic but we're not all about the, the funny thing is that we are all about science yeah and you know if you think about we we have a, this whole research section on and so there's a lot of the uh photobiomodulation people work on this sort of thing like brain waves of meditators mm-hmm. and just photobiomodulation help these people right and so a lot of my long-term meditators are drawn to this photobiomodulation because when they put the light on it gives them that feeling of um um oneness uh, uh, uh i'm trying to remember the word that they use but it's it's like they can get to that place of uh, uh, not ubiquitous but something like that where they they are feel they're they're relaxed they're in tune they're in the zone they're yeah. in the flow yeah so it is you know like i like i say you know, I'm not a guru. I don't want to be your guru. I don't, I, I don't want to be a Swami. And so that's not a kind of a practice that we talk about, but it is about changing your consciousness. It is about getting you to become a little bit more relaxed. Remember in the book, we say the cause of 
you know, disease is trauma, toxins, and auto-suggestion, which is thoughts. So people with no faith are freaked out, right? <laughs> because they have no they have no positivity about the future, right? So on one hand, putting the light onto you is sort of like a hug, really, because remember I said we're infrared emitting beings. And if you have infrared light that's coming off of those pads, you sort of kind of can be calm, like being held in your mother's arms, basically, right? So that's a positive thing. And, and it helps you get into the flow. It helps them become relaxed, helps them sleep, helps them meditate. So that's sort of mind mindfulness without doing anything, right? So exercise without exercising, meditation without meditation. But if you look at meditative practices, they talk about breathing, right? And what breathing does is it changes your oxidative stress, right? It changes your amount of CO2 in your brain. And guess what? It increases vasodilation. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, so wow, so you're saying if I put the light on, I get vasodilation. If I do respiration, I get vasodilation. And you tell if I put, it's the same as meditation? Yeah. Yeah. And if you add the heart rate variability biofeedback, where you're breathing and you're getting in tune with your interoception, which is nothing, it's not, there's not a religion on it, right? I don't have a dot on my head and I don't want everybody to come, you know, follow me in front of my house, but it's a scientific based practice of changing your person, your personality, your mood, what you have you, right? So the thing that we are finding is that most of these therapeutic practices or meditative practices or spiritual awakening practices also have a strong influence on augmenting the glymphatic flow of the brain. Hmm. Very important. If you do yoga, right, yoga practices, and you do downward dog, the, the, the fluid flows up into your head. Yeah. And guess what? It's got to go out too. And that's kind of what we're, that's the dishwasher cycle of cleaning the brain that hmm. happens mostly at night, but it can be augmented during the day, right? So breathing, postures, right? Standing on your head, doing your breath, all these things increase the cerebral spinal fluid. And really, that's a lot of where rebirth and, and healing happens because that's where neuroprogenitor cells come from in the CSF. They have to flow around. So again, if you're in a hyped up state, if you're in a, a sympathetic state of tension, right, you're not going to push stuff into your brain and you can't push stuff out of your brain and you become toxic in the inside. Mm. And so these practices help people get better for reasons that are difficult to non-invasively examine, but it's yeah. the same thing. The same physiologic signature of changes in heart rate variability, of when you sleep, of when you exercise, of when you meditate, of when you do yoga, of when you breathe, or when you do photobiomodulation is the same physiologic healing signature. 
I hope that's a good answer. I mean, I think don't... that's not only a good answer. I, I don't know if we can end the podcast with any better uh, statement. So uh, <laughs> I know you and I can go on for another two hours, but boy, when you when you get that high note this late in the show, Doctor Joe, uh, I, I think uh, we we should let your words of wisdom uh, kind of roll us out here. Uh, I, I will, for our audience, uh, can you uh, name your book one more time uh, so so they know? Well, we'll put a link into the into well, absolutely. The bio we'll stuff. put a lot of links in show notes. But just uh, if somebody's driving around in their car, uh, give them the book title one last time. My Brain Matters, The Neurometabolic Solution. How to have more brain power for your loved ones and yourself. Perfect. And like I said, we'll we'll throw links in there if you're interested in Dr. Joe's products, his book. Uh, like I said, I highly recommend it. I would also just put out there, um, and, I, and we strategically did this for another episode later on. Um, if you're interested in traumatic brain injury, you've got to read Dr. Joe's book. Um, I think, again, when we talk about very highly researched approach to what I find in my work, a, a subject that we struggle with, um, honestly, in the mental health arena. There's a lot of great people doing great work, yet it, it's not, it's it's so kind of different than typical mental health that we don't do, I don't think, we can do a better job. Let's put it that way. A lot of us see that as a place of growth. So don't hesitate if you're interested in that topic. Don't wait to that second episode. Go ahead and pick up a copy now. Uh, we'll have Dr. Joe back to uh, uh, talk about that because I, I was delaying gratification this whole time because uh, as somebody who's interested in TBI, uh, this book was a, a real resource uh, to me as well. So Dr. Joe, I want to thank you. Like I said, we're going to throw a lot of links in the show notes. You can find those at optimalhrv.com. And uh, we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks, Dr. Joe.